take off all the roles that you identify with, like sister, brother, wife, daughter, dancer, musician, take all of those things off. And who are you as you? Welcome to the Artist Becoming Podcast. Hey, Jess. Hey, Shelby, a five, six, seven, eight. Join us in weekly conversations with performing artists across stages, studios, rinks, fields, and screens. Every conversation, a chance to dive deep into the story of their becoming. All right, Shelby, let's get on into it. Introducing Inside Out, small chats, big topics, where together we discuss some tough topics that are circulating our industry maybe the ones that we don't usually get to talk about. We're going to share some personal insights, maybe vulnerable stories, have some good giggles per usual, and muse about those nitty-gritty challenging sides to the becoming that we just don't always sit with. If you have a small chat big topic that you would like to hear, go ahead and DM us your thoughts at Artist Becoming on Instagram, or give us an email at artistbecoming at gmail.com, and we cannot wait to hear from you. Let's get on into today's episode. Hi, Shelby. Hey, Jess. Welcome back to another Small Chats, Big Topics on the early morning side of things, and we are going to be talking this week about identity crisis, um, which has become... Yeah, truly just woof. Um, It's a resonant theme that's coming up a lot in all of our guest artist conversations um, with these really inspiring voices where somewhere along our conversation, we kind of hear this crack in their story where they dealt with some sort of push-pull between their dancer identity or their artistry and this sense of self and this kind of unraveling um, or maybe even tension just around around that dancer identity. There's so many kind of ways to look at this topic and I just think it's super relevant and um, I would love to hear from you, Shelby. Um, what does this identity crisis mean to you? What does it feel like to you? And what has been your personal experience and maybe what has been, what, what has been, what are you witnessing in our community, in our conversations that feels like a hot topic? Yeah. Oh, the dancer identity crisis. It, I mean, <laughs> feel nauseous. No, I'm kidding. Um, this is something that I've been reconciling with personally since I retired from, from dancing five years ago. And it's one of those things where you know, you hear the the dramatic stories told of a dancer dies twice. There's been books written about it. I'm sure there's documentaries out there um, profiling the relationship that dancers have with who they are specifically inherently tied into their dancer identity. And, you know, it's a bit of this like velvet handcuff, it feels like to me, where you can connect with something so deeply that you associate who you are as being that thing. Um, dancer, singer, musician, artist, you name it. Uh, And then at the same time, you are yourself without that. The seed, the seed of yourself is, has always been there. It has always existed prior to you even connecting and identifying with the calling of that form of artistic expression. 
And for me with identity, I didn't, you know, I enjoyed calling myself a dancer while I was dancing, but it really wasn't something that I felt I had to reconcile until I had left when I realized I was no longer a dancer or couldn't call myself that. And, um, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of like a self-reckoning I had to have with, you know, I know who I am without that. Um, but I'm not quite sure how to navigate next chapters of my life without that in a clear way. And, um, so this, this work that we're doing here at artists becoming and mindful work in general, I think is this great shedding process. It's this great, like unraveling, unweaving of take off all the roles that you identify with, like sister, brother, wife, daughter, dancer, musician, take all of those things off. And who are you as you? Um, that's a really scary and overwhelming question that I feel most of us are probably ill-equipped to answer, even though, even people who are subscribing to the work, um, it is just, it's loaded because I think that so much of our worlds and our lived experience and our heartache and our triumphs inform our artistry, inform our unique brands of artistry and how we show up within that art form. It's like they're, they're interstitched and so then when you recognize that relationship, the unstitching of it is, it feels near impossible. Um, it's not, but it, it's extremely difficult. It's extremely hard. I'd love to pass the baton. Jess, tell me about, tell me about your relationship with that, with identity, with how it's evolved, um, you know, across the different stages that you have filled and screens that you've been behind and, how, how's your relationship with your dancer or artist identity um, transpired? Mm. I just, oh my gosh, I'm struggling with this topic. I think there's so much here and I don't know where to begin. There's wisdom we've had in the conversations and what I just heard from you. And so I'm, I'm struggling to find the most eloquent way about this. But I, I think that I think something that's interesting in general is that when I look outside of the dancer um, and, and the artist population that we're serving, um, our dear friend Leah, who was a guest inside the workshop, we've had these conversations um, about, she she's in leadership psychology and spirituality. She's in that world. And she's spoken to me about there's this developmental stage up until you're 25 where you're developing your sense of self. And then when you think about a dancer or performing artist, we choose that path. Like we were speaking to Kathleen Breen Combs, Megan Fairchild, uh, Catherine Morgan. These women are choosing that path. Joseph Walsh at age nine, you know? So you are attaching yourself to an entire identity. Uh, for me, it probably happened around 10, 11. I was like a little bit older, 12 maybe. Um, and then ballet, I really chose around 14. And from that point forward, you take on an entire commitment to this craft, to this artistry, to this path, to the people you're surrounded with, you're no longer even really communing with like outsiders, you know, like you go into a capsule and it's myopic. And I think that um, what Leah speaks to is like, for most people, something happens in their late twenties where there's this great splitting 
of the identity that they've built up until that point. And then like, a, but wait, where am I really headed on this? Mm-hmm. Like I've ended up here, but now where am I really headed? But you've developed this whole string of identity up until that point. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you relate that to a dancer, it's just that times like a hundred thousand because you're, you're so interwoven and it's natural that there's this quarter life crisis where there's almost this, wait, who am I though? And then I think that for me, I was so unable to allow myself to expand outside of that capsule because I felt like the only way I could cling to that identity or be that identity was by not being anything else and not, Mm. not seeping out into these other forms. And sometimes even sitting in this seat and like having these conversations with artists becoming, I feel there's this imposter syndrome because I think about people that I danced with or that I was in companies with who must be like, what is he even is this version of this person? Because I didn't, I didn't know them, you know, and they're reconciling with me an identity for that to be like, wow, I, I probably wasn't not probably. I was definitely showing up this way for certain people, but it wasn't how I was walking around town yeah. in the studio. Like I was in a very tight, tightly, tightly woven shell. And we had um, the workshop inside the workshop. We did the practice with James Jin, mm-hmm. and it was really fun because it was a couple of really incredible dancers in there dancers. And we were doing improv. And since I've left my ballet career, the only way I've found freedom in dancing is in my living room with my music going, like just letting my hair down and and feeling the beat. And in a way that's so uncriticized and so free. And we, we stood around the camera together and we would do these little exercises and come in and just hearing from you and from some of these other incredible dancers, their fear to trust themselves to dance was, it was heartbreaking because it was like, here we are dancers, some of who are still on stage, some of whom have left it. And we won't even permit ourselves the freedom to dance because we're so connected and concerned with an identity as a dancer that we've placed in such a tight box that if we even wonder what might be outside of it and dance outside of it, it's as if it's not meaningful because it's not inside of this specific identity that we've constructed. And it broke my heart open a little bit. And I, I thought about moments walking down the street or at the coffee shop, someone saying to me, Oh, you're, Oh, you're the, you're the ballerina. And having to be like, well, well, I was, and I, but I, oh, do you still dance or do you want to dance? I mean, the series of thoughts that happens, <laughs> I asked the question, that is the most triggering. It's so triggering. Painful question I can be asked is like, yeah. so do you still dance? Yeah. And, oh, do you want to dance? And I literally do this like. Yeah. I pause in such a way where the person feels uncomfortable, whereas <laughs> the answer is like, yeah, that's my spirit. When I close my eyes and I meditate and I just go into the portal that I'm a dancer, like it's every part of my being. And yet 
I don't feel like I have can validate the answer to that question. And I just, yeah, that's the thoughts that I'm sitting with around this. And I think that it is to say that we don't have to have this crisis. We are dancers, we are musicians, we are artists, and we can be that in so many forms. Yeah. So it's about allowing the form to change. And are you willing or are you brave enough to let the form change? And can you release what it once was to allow it to become what it could be? Oh, that was it. That was it. And I think, God damn, I love you so much. I think that what you just said at the very end is really like the linchpin of this whole conversation, which is um, how willing are we to allow the form to change? You know, and we talk about how, as you said, insular myopic, that path is because it has to be, if you want to make it right, it has to be that just laser focus. Like this is it. This is the dream, the goal. It's right? sort of, oh. mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's hard at the same time, right. You're pulling from your life experience to inform your artistry. And then there's a flip that you can allow to happen where your artistry and identity as a dancer or musician, what have you can inform who you are outside of that role. And I think that's kind of what I've been exploring, I guess, leaning into the past five years is okay. How can I show up as a dancer in other forms of my life? Like I love writing and I feel every time I'm like inspired to sit and create some poetry, it feels like I'm dancing with my words. Like I'm teaching yoga now. And I, each time I guide a class, I it's its own version of choreography and expression. I feel like I'm on a different stage. That's having a different kind of an impact. And I love that you brought up and referenced some of the conversations we've been having with these guest artists and the, the freedom of like boundless energy we were permitted to indulge within James Jen's practice. Um, I'll never forget a conversation I had with Kareen Planta D. This was like maybe a couple of years after I retired and I went down to Moto Yoga to take her class. And I just kind of she just asked how I was doing. And I was just kind of having a day of, you know, just kind of sitting in the sick of like my life choices and, you know, trying to figure out who the heck I am. And she was just like, you know what, Shelby, you, there is a light within you that has always existed. It's this bright little spark. And it's like in the seat of your soul. And it has always existed since the thought of you was ever formed. And you found dance, which was a really cool platform modality for you to like shine that light but dance didn't need to happen for you ever for you to like embody and shine and lean into that spark it did which is such a gift and a privilege because a lot of people won't find that cathartic form of expression where it just feels so aligned to lean in and and shine your light there but you did you found it so you know how that feels and now you're no longer on that stage and guess what the light is still there. It is still there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it is, it's just, a, it's a self narrative. It's a conversation that we're having to have and reiterate with ourselves and articulate in a way that feels proactive and healthy um, to say, you know, yes, I am an artist. I'll never not be. I always have been. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You nailed it. I, I, I'm grateful that you shared 
the ways in which you've translated that I've watched. It's, it's so true. It's with your words. It's with your flow. Like you've taken that. And I think that that's what's so valuable for our audience to hear is like that light, that light is just what exists within you. And you can weave that and dance that through a rhythm in all that you do. It doesn't have to exist only inside of a studio or on a stage. Um, And even for those inside of a studio or still on a stage, you can try on a different form of the way you're observing your own presence as a dancer. You know, you can adapt, you can change, you can switch companies, you can um, switch styles. Like you have the freedom to let it, to let it morph and let it evolve. And I, that's what I'm going to take away. And I, yeah, I'm so grateful that you shared that. I think that that's just so valuable. Well, you kind of gave me the permission to, you know, it is that just recognizing the, recognizing where we can shift to make this whole identity crisis be more of um, just identity creation almost, you know, like of our own, of our own design. Um, I'll never forget quick, quick story. I was in um, masterpieces of Western music class at Columbia and we had gotten, we had started the very beginning of composing and way, way, way back to like troubadourian times. And then all the way up to like postmodern Stravinsky, Tchaikovsky. And our teacher played a clip for us and it was Four Swans. Four Swans, Swan Lake. I've done it a gajillion times. One might say I could be triggered by the sound of Tchaikovsky. And she, she said, you know, Shelby, I'd love to ask you about this piece because, you know, you watch the syncopation of their movement aligned with the beat of the music. And you almost wonder like, what came first? Do you think that the music inspired those steps? Or do you think the steps kind of pulled the music out of the composer? And I was like, (laughs) what? I've, the amount of times I have danced that ballet without ever having considered it from that angle, you know? And I sat there kind of contemplating what I was going to say. And it just, I had this moment where I was like, you know what? For the rest of my life, when I hear Tchaikovsky or Nutcracker music or any of these things that we've just grown up our entire life with the true privilege of getting to call our work music, um, I could choose to be really sad and have this kind of emotional moment about the, the loss or the gr- grieving the, that pa- past chapter of my life. Or I can sit here and flash through all the memories I have of creating something alongside that music. And wow, like what a relationship to have with a piece of art. And that just did it for me. That was a code switch. And it was just like, wow, this is, it's an active choice. Some days it's easier than others to take that perspective. Um, But it's certainly way that I've found to be more kind of compassionate, gracious um, with myself around the identity, the big identity cue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that you could continue that not just music, that there's not just music that you once danced to that you have memories of, but that there could be pieces of music that await you that have memories left to fill, you know? Yeah. And that's where I'm at. <laughs> uh- <laughs> that is that love love it love you there is no one I would, there's no one I'd rather go through my identity crisis beside <laughs> I mean lots of laughter lots of tears 
Mm-hmm. Wouldn't want it any other way. Amen. Amen. <laughs> all right. That's all. Um, that's all, y'all. We'll be back for another one next week and DM us with um, thoughts on topics. Mm-hmm. Bye. Want to connect further with our community at Artists Becoming? Rate and review this podcast and subscribe to stay on top of our weekly guest artist conversations and our small chats, big topics. Check out www.artistbecoming.com to learn more about our monthly subscription membership filled with on-demand guided meditation and yummy yoga practices to support your unique journey as a performing artist. Follow along on Instagram at Artist Becoming for sneak peeks and inspiring content and DM us the dream artists, athletes, performers, psychologists that you'd love to hear from or topics you'd like for us to unpack. Sharing is caring, so fire up that group chat, share to your stories, comment, share, 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 and just stay connected with us. We are here for your becoming.